0: Log Talk Radio. Pugilistic linguistics. Check out for you, 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 linguistics. Check out for you. What's up, y'all? What's up? Welcome to the Pugilistic Linguistics Show. I am your host, Michael Foster the voice of reason in an increasingly unreasonable world. And I'm back again, y'all, hopefully for good now. I think i got all of the technical issues out the way. Fingers crossed. I could come to you all a little more often. Uh, 2018 is starting out as a challenging year, but as we always do, we make do. A couple of things have gone on since the last time I came to you all. Um, First off, uh, shout out to my man, the Sorcerer, Slice, the Celestial Sorcerer, for his wildly successful show that went down in Ames, Iowa, the weekend of the 15th, January, 2018. Uh, I had the pleasure to grace the stage with him to a very successful, successful show. We will be doing it again soon. Stay tuned. I will definitely keep you all abreast. Y'all need to come out check it out. It was a good time to be had. Uh, great hip hop, great energy, great crowd, great venue. We definitely got to do it again. And, of course, on the opposite end of the spectrum, from that high of highs to the low of lows, the passing of a good friend of mine, last week, hard um, to digest, one of the finest men I ever met, one of the nicest guys I ever met. Um, I don't know a bowling week in Des Moines without this guy. We're the first men I met when I moved here. And we bowled together on the same team for 12 years and was doubles partners in numerous tournaments. I took his passing really hard. And as as we all have a tendency to say after someone dies, live each day like it's your last. It's really time to do that. Ride this thing till the wheels fall off. Because, again, one day it will be your last thing. Nobody knows that day or hour. So I'll say rest well, Bob Brooks. You were... A class act and a one of a kind dude. I may even dust off my tequila shot skills for the rest of the season in your memory. On to our regular Tom Watch musings and the movements of the Tiny Orange Man, the guy you all elected president we are just emerging from a government shutdown. Apparently they could not come to a consensus on keeping the government running. So in a Congress that GOP-dominant, House and Senate, and the White House that is GOP-dominant, it's apparently the Democrats' fault for shutting down the government. I need for you all to understand. That. You need a basic civics lesson. If you believe that crap, your president says that is, they need sixty percent or sixty votes to basically filibuster-proof any voting. And because that the GOP only has fifty-one in Congress, a simple majority, it's the Democrats' fault when anything goes sideways your president needs a basic civics lesson. The 51 votes, the 60 votes that he's referencing is a supermajority that he basically needs to basically stop any overriding votes. See, when you have 51 votes, we're talking Senate here, 51 votes, There could be an effort mounted to basically overturn that with with another vote. 60, that supermajority prevents that ability. The issue with his logic is the fact that his own party didn't vote to keep the government running. There were prominent GOP senators that broke ranks. And this is why this shutdown happened. Now, your president in 2013, when Barack Obama was in office, went on every, and went in front of every camera he could find and say something along the lines of, it's always the president's fault or the person in charge when things like this happen. Yet, when he presides over one, it's not the president's fault. As a matter of fact, there's been word out of the White House saying that he has calculated that a shutdown would be good for him politically. So all these memes I see on Facebook about how the Democrats voted against veterans and all that crap, you need to take a a look at the dude you put in office and realize that he found it as a calculating move to shut down the government, consequently not pay people to do essential jobs, even though they're going to do them anyway, just going to do it and not get paid. He thought that was good politically for him and his. This is why I say in 2018, ignorance is a choice. Ignorance is a choice. In the information age, To go ignorant, that is your decision, and you're responsible for that. Apparently, they struck a deal today to, I don't know if it basically restarts the government or they're down that path to stopping this or ending this shutdown. We'll see. We'll see. On to today's topic. Today's topic is, or today's show is entitled "Supply and Demand." Yeah, based on a few videos I've seen, a couple of things I've seen from a comedian named Monique Hines. I think that's her name. I'm sure if her married name changed it, but she goes professionally by the name Monique. Now, if you don't know who Monique is, I don't really blame you. Uh, She is a comedian who travels, I don't want to call it the Chitlin circuit because that's not what it is today, but she does mainly more urban uh, audiences. She doesn't do the Widespread or mainstream radio, city music halls, like other comedians may do, or you know, larger. She 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 mainly sticks to a more urban scene. I mean, nothing wrong with that. Now, I'm not saying anything is wrong with that. I'm just saying that's generally where she performs. You may also know her from her turn in Precious, from which she won an Academy Award. She has been in mainstream uh, movies, and she actually won an Academy Award for her role in Precious. Well, Monique has an issue with Netflix's beginning to, or not even beginning to, they're trying to ramp up their presence in uh, original programming from TV shows to talk shows, but more like stand up comedy shows, you know, comic uh, 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 concert films and that type of thing. She has an issue with what she calls the lowballing by Netflix of her to fund or to pay her for a concert video that either she wanted to do for them or they wanted to, her to do for them or whatever. But bottom line, she is that she isn't given the same respect pay-wise as a, an Amy Schumer or a Chris Rock or a Dave Chappelle has gotten from Netflix. Rumor has it that they offered her about a half million dollars to do a show, a concert film, in essence. When they gave Dave Chappelle 60 million, they gave Chris Rock somewhere like 50 million, and Amy Schumer, I'm not sure, but I'm guessing it's somewhere in that area, more than a half million. And because of that, Monique is calling for a boycott. Of Netflix, you know her right. I've got a couple ways I want to attack this, but she said, and she has subsequently gone on "Sway in the Morning" on Shaport Five, speaking of why she called for the boycott and calling herself, and I quote, "the most decorated comedian alive," unquote. So for that reason, she deserves rock money. She deserves Chappelle's money. She deserves Schumer money. Okay. Let me first say it's a widely known fact that there is a pay equality in Hollywood, not just Netflix. There's a pay inequality. It goes from male to female, black to white you know, whatever. There is a pay pay, pay inequality. It's widely known. Uh, Wanda Sykes, if I'm not mistaken, she got lowballed for a Netflix special also. So the pay inequality is nothing should have widely known. I in no way am trying to excuse that It isn't correct, especially in today's climate, to where Hollywood's historic disrespect of women is starting to have consequences. In no way am I saying that the equality is right. It needs to be stopped. I don't know what to do. It. I don't. I don't. I don't have an not going to claim to be smart enough to come up with an answer, but it needs to end. But deeper than that, I want to address Monique's issues and also address an article I read in response to that issue. So I'll start with the issue itself. Monique's claim, Monique's desire for us to boycott Netflix for her is amazingly short-sighted for a number of reasons. Let me back up to Precious. Monique, at the time that she was cast in Precious, was a known comedian based on her work on a show called The Parkers, and but again catered it's skewed, more urban, so she wasn't widely known. Dream-wise. But her turn in Precious, who she was cast by Lee Daniels, who I believe wrote and directed, directed that movie. Oprah was the producer, if I'm not mistaken. But her, her, her role in Precious was her career maker. She won an Academy Award for her role in that. Now, generally, winning an Academy Award, at least in the immediate interim, there's a grace period to where basically you can do no wrong. Every winner, black, white, red, green man, woman, has this grace period after winning an Academy Award to where they can almost write their ticket for the immediate interim. I don't know that interim is is longer and shorter based on who you – I'm sure Denzel Washington had a longer – uh, grace period than a Monique would. I'm sure a Daniel Day-Lewis has a longer one. But there is a grace period to where you can basically write your own ticket. Because Academy Award winner so-and-so carries a lot of weight in Hollywood. Okay? For some reason, and I'm not going to even speculate or try to get in the middle of that, her grace period was shorter than anybody I've ever seen. I do know that certain things she said about the role and the people who gave her that role rubbed Hollywood the wrong way. And I'm not even going to speak on whether it's true or not. She's being blackballed. She was being lowballed or, you know, given substandard screen. I'm not even going to speak on the truth of that. That might have been 100% true. But doing that has a way of damaging your brand. Now look, I'm conflicted in this. I'm one of them dudes where you know you write your own ticket, you do you, and you piss on the world. You 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 beat you be you and let the world. I, I, I'm big on that, but I'm also not naive enough to realize when you're playing a different man's game, you got to play that game in the ways to play. in the way it's to be played until you can write your own checks. So I'm naive enough to to, to say that, you know, you do what you got to do, and in some cases you might have to kowtow. You may have to do some things. It's just the way this thing is built. And you chose to be in that field so you know a little bit of how that game is played. But I think more than her and that brand damaging that she did shortly after her Oscars, but she should have been in an afterglow. And that more, more telling than the brand damaging is the fact that real talk, Monique is not that relevant any longer. Netflix is a business. They pay who's relevant. Dave Chappelle can still command a room. Chris Rock can still command a room. Amy Schumer, who I do not think is funny, but can command a room. Consequently, they can command seven- to eight-figure deals. Monique does not have that type of forward. Monique does not have that type of cachet. She does not have that type of uh, uh, a name in the industry. She's known as a good comedian, a half-million-dollar comedian. You want to up your profile, step your game up. And I don't mean that from practicing your craft. She makes me laugh. But I mean from building that brand and making you too worthy to pass up. If Dave Chappelle goes to the Animal Channel or Animal Planet, whatever it's called, Netflix is like, damn, we missed out. Showtime, HBO, I just said Animal Planet. But Netflix is going to be like, no, we got to have this dude and we're going to pay what it takes. That's called commanding a room. Commanding your respect. Monique ain't got that kind of pull any longer because she wasted her Oscars afterglow. If she had to pick another Oscar-worthy vehicle and not talk bad about Lee Daniels and Oprah, I don't care how true it was. You got to understand, in your line of work, you can't do that. Why? Because you don't write your own check. A Tyler Perry can get away with that. Why? He writes his own checks. She doesn't command a Dave Chappelle salary because she isn't Dave Chappelle. She doesn't command a Chris Rock salary because she is not Chris Rock. She doesn't command an Amy Schumer because she's not Amy Schumer. She is what she is, a half-million-dollar comedian. But I read an article. I read an article about this a little bit, a couple of days after this whole thing started up. And, you know, I'm going to be honest, I I forgot most of the reasons why they believe we should ride along with Monique for this boycott she speaks of. But that was one reason that stuck in my head, and I really want to address that. They said that we should ride along with Monique's boycott under the guises of black unity. And I damn near dropped my phone when I read that. Not because black unity is not important. It's very important, especially in these days and times. Black unity is very important in these days and times. In a Trump society, black unity is required. But the reason why I dropped my my phone and fell out when I read that is not because black unity isn't needed, It's because Black unity never came out of her mouth when it was required or when it was necessary or when it could have done the most good. Monique didn't ask for a boycott when Terrence Crutcher was killed. Monique didn't ask for a boycott when Sandra Lamb was killed or when Fernando Castile was killed or John Crawford III was killed or uh, uh, Eric Garner or Alton Sterling or anybody else you want to plug in that, she didn't call for a boycott. She didn't call for action when it was needed. She called for action when she didn't get her pockets lined the way she wanted Let's take this to its natural progression. Okay, so let's say, for the sake of argument, we boycott Netflix. Okay? And let's say, for the sake of argument, it actually has an impact, and they cave in and give a million dollars or two million dollars, whatever. What's her next move? As a celebrity who has a platform, do we see her in these streets? Was she at the woman's march? Was she? I mean, what does she do with her celebrity? Under the auspices, under the guises of black unity, I can find so many other people to support who has put in the work, not put in the work, at least visibly. I'm going to go ahead and say, I'm going to ride with, she may be doing this project. And if she is, somebody bring it to my attention on my Facebook page or somebody bring it to me on my pugilistic linguistics page. If she has been doing something in the background to further the cause of black folk in a Trump society, please let me know. I will come on and I will publicly apologize and retract it all if we can find something. But under the guises of black unity, somebody needs to be out there when it doesn't just benefit them. Black unity is needed. Ride with me for a second. Black unity is needed, but this might not be the cause to follow. Demanding gender and racial equality in pay and pay in Netflix might be a noble cause, but she not, may not be because of the cause to follow. Rosa Parks was the face of the Montgomery bus boycott. Seamstress coming home from work was tired, didn't want to give up her seat. Rosa Parks was not, however, the first person in Montgomery, Alabama in that situation. In that time frame. There were two others. One was a. Teenaged mother. Well she was pregnant at the time. Teenaged mother. And I believe one was another. I think her husband was an alcoholic. Or something like that. I don't have the names in front of me. But I do know she was. Rosa Parks was the third. To. Get in the middle of this call. But. She was a good face of the protest. See, the, the thing about protests, the thing about boycotts, the thing about all this stuff, however noble the cause, the person who is going to be the flag bearer, rightly or wrongly, needs to be above reproach. Because the power that be are going to use everything they can come up with to discredit the movement if the flag bearer has flaws. So that teenage mother would not have been a good face of the franchise, so to speak, in the 50s. That woman whose husband was a known drunk, who was the second person to have this back of the bus seat issue, would not have been a good face to the franchise. Rosa Parks checked all the boxes and became that that civil rights standard bearer. Maybe Monique has a point, but she can't be the face of the franchise because she's not above reproach. So what I'm getting at is, as far as Monique is concerned, I need for her to take about 17 seats because in order to ask for what she's asking for, she needs a lot more relevance to require Netflix to say, we can't do without you. We've got to have you. I personally, don't think Netflix's issue has anything to do with her being a woman or being black. I think it has everything to do with the fact that she doesn't command a room. The most decorated comedian alive is a slight to Eddie Murphy, is a slight to Dave Chappelle, Dave Chappelle, Chris Rock. Okay? It is a slight to these people you know, I mean, Carlin's did, but I mean, just, just a slight to these people who are way more accomplished than me. I need for her to kowtow, take that money, rebuild your brand. Because think about it. If you take this Netflix special for this half million dollars you feel like and you wreck it. I mean, you go out there and you do a show? What do you think Netflix is going to do next time? If we got two million people that download and watch that special, what do you think Netflix is going to do next time? Where the times to come around and give Monique some more money? That's how you rebuild your brand. I'm going to need her to take several seats and realize where she fits in all this it. Because a lot of this stuff is self-inflicted. A lot of this stuff is Monique's doing. So I'm going to get on down. Just Again, if you find somewhere where she has become a face of, of black unity or the face of Oppre- uh, opposition to oppression, if you find that, please send it to me. And I'm dead serious. I'm not trying to be, you know, sarcastic. I'm serious about that. And if it gums the pad, I will come out here and publicly apologize and say I didn't know what I was talking about. Okay? But not least take several seats, rebuild your brand, slam that show that you're offering it, and then next time you come up with a little more juice. So I'm gonna go ahead and get on down today. Uh this has been the Pulistic Linguistics Show. I am your host, Michael Foster, the increasingly in the voice of reason in an increasingly unreasonable world. And like I say all the time before I get on down, take care of yourself because you are all you got.